Today's reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 20 and verse 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong on the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong on the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are so many parts, but one body. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Good morning, friends. Pastor Sharon with you this morning. So you just heard scriptures about bodies. So how's your body doing today? How's your body doing today? Are you, you know, you probably woke up this morning and did not even think about the parts of your body that were functioning. Like, did you think, oh, do we even think about it? You know, without all of these parts of our body serving in the way they were designed, you wouldn't be sitting here, you wouldn't be alive, we would be a puddle, right? I had this come home to me recently. Some of it's probably just age, but um, I had given very little thought to the ways my knee worked, right? It bends, it twists, it does what I want it to do um, until I had some kind of an injury on it. And so now everything I do, I think about, like going downstairs, I have to think about my knee and how it's going to hold. Getting into the car, I have to go sideways. And all of those kinds of things remind me how vital my knees are to make my body work. And today we are looking at the church through the lens of a physical body. In this passage, Paul gives us some really humorous things humorous i mean they're meant to make us laugh about the body but it's a very deeply important message you know we've been in this series titled we serve and the reminder is that jesus gave us an example he told us we were called to be those who serve he came to the earth showed us both by his lifestyle and his words that serving is the way that we live and last week we heard about jesus words that say true greatness if you want to be great then you'll be a servant you position yourself for service not for power and so the early church, they took that message of Jesus very seriously. And you can see it through the book of Acts and on into Paul's letters that the believers and the community kept on serving, offering themselves in service for the good of all. And today we see a church in the book of Corinthians, a church that a little bit had gotten off course just a wee bit with the way they were serving and connecting with one another. Their various gifts were kind of out of whack. So take a look at that this morning as we go into it. So before we take a look at this title of One Body, Many Parts, I want to just go back a little bit and set the stage. 
I like to teach, so I hope that's okay if we do a little teaching here, some background into what spiritual gifts really are. Because he's talking in here about gifts in the body. What are spiritual gifts and what, what is their purpose? Well, I like to look at this in terms of uh, two passages, four, actually four passages that have specific teaching on spiritual gifts. And you can remember it this way by just saying two twelves and two fours. Two, uh, chapter 12, first, uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and then two fours, Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. So if you want to, you can look at all of those passages. We're going to just look today at 1 Corinthians 12. But there's specific teaching on those areas on spiritual gifts. And here's just a working definition of what a spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is a divine ability or role given by the Holy Spirit to every believer to build up the body of Christ. So it's divine. That means it's from God. It's not something we have to you know, figure out on our own. The Holy Spirit is the giver. And it comes to every believer, every person who claims Jesus as Lord. And its purpose is to build up the body of Christ. You know, we have... Uh, maybe in the church become too accustomed to this idea of spiritual gifts. I don't know. You probably have all heard about spiritual gifts, right? You've maybe done some inventories. You're able to say what your gifts are. But maybe we miss the gift part. This is a gift. This is a present to you. God is the ultimate gift giver. This term charisma or charisma. Charis, charisma, grace gifts that God is giving to you because he loves us and because he wants to favor us. It's not given by that we merit anything. It's just given because of his grace. Now, I'm not the best gift giver in the world. My husband will probably um, agree to that. I've had a, some, a few gifts that were like duds, right? <laughs> Where he opened them and thought, oh, okay. <laughs> but for a time, I have six sisters and two sister-in-laws in my family. And so I just decided, rather than buy gifts for them on their birthdays, I'm just going to purchase eight gifts, all the same thing, so it's all in my cupboard, so when their birthday comes, I can just give them a gift, right? So one year it was earrings, another year it was candles, another year it was soap. I just gave the same gift to all of them. Now, my oldest sister, Kathy, a little different she pays attention in a different way. She thinks of gifts that fit the personality, that fit the needs of the person. She remembers what you say about things that you're interested in. She pays attention to what's in your house or to what happened in the past year that you might, she might want to highlight in a gift in a unique, personal way. And when I think of the ways I give gifts to my sisters and the way my sister Kathy gives gifts, I think God's giving style is much more like Kathy's. He knows you. He looks at you. He understands you. He knows us completely and entrusts to us abilities just as he designed them. No cookie cutter gifts from God. So here's some truths that you can find about gifts in the New Testament. Let me just unpack them a few. So that we get on the right um, basis for spiritual gifts. First of all, all gifts are given through the one spirit. 
None of you got any spiritual uh, ability or gift that didn't come from the Holy Spirit. And every believer, every single one of you, young, old, whatever, from the youngest child who is in Jesus to the oldest person, we all have been trusted with gifts that are designed for us. Not something we've earned, not something we do to achieve, but that divine ability that gives us joy as we use it and also uh, works towards others' good. And that's the last one there. Gifts are for the common good. They're not for us to hold to ourselves. They're for all people. They're for all so that the church might grow and become a healthy community. So do you know your spiritual gift? Is there a way that you're able to say, this is the way I've been created, divinely gifted by God? I would just say that the best way to discover your gifting from God is just to start somewhere. Start serving somewhere, figuring out what what you like to do, what you're good at. Now, some people also find it helpful to take a spiritual gift inventory. So I put this here um, just so that if you want to, you can take this one at home, spiritualgiftstest.com. It's not a perfect tool. It's not going to be definitive about everything you do. But it is a reminder. There are ways that you, each one of you, have been gifted uniquely by God. You might want to, even after doing that kind of an inventory, talk to somebody else. Talk to your parent. Talk to a mentor, a friend. Talk to a pastor to see if they recognize what your gifting is. What you seem to be good at. And I think this is especially good for um, students. Those of you who are here today and joining us online. God has gifted you. He has made you part of this community. And he wants to bless you and help you flourish in your gifts. So you might start with that spiritual gift test and then have a conversation with someone else. This past week I interviewed Tony Pound. Tony and his wife Janine have been... Along with their daughters, their three daughters, they've been part of this church community for many years. And Tony is just completing six years of serving on our leadership team. So if you come to the meeting tonight, you'll see him. But in that interview today that I did this week, here's what he had to say about serving through his gifts. So Tony, what are some of the ways you served recently in the community or in the church? Uh, yeah, community. Um, I have uh, very much enjoyed coaching the girls, uh, both with uh, the East Lake Select Basketball uh, Club and then also uh, lately with the East Lake High School Volleyball Program. Uh, and then at the church, uh, Janine and I uh, were in the nursery a little bit. Then we taught uh, first and kindergarten uh, Sunday school. And then um, most recently, uh, or the last six years, uh, the finance team and also the leadership team. So how do your interests and your spiritual gifts um, influence the way you serve? You know, I think I am, uh, hopefully this is pretty common, but I like to do things I'm good at. (laughs) So I tend to, um, like right now, being on the finance team is a natural fit for me. It's somewhat similar to my day job. Um, I, you know... Uh, the community stuff with volleyball, basketball, that's been a big part of my life. And so that's been fun and natural to do. Um, but then I've also felt um, 
uh, or been willing um, to, to to stretch and get out of my comfort zone a couple of times with teaching uh, fifth, you know, kindergarten, first grade, Sunday school, or uh, the leadership team, where being in front of the church is not natural for me, not something I like to do, but um, but I'm I'm thrilled that I've done those things. And what have you learned about God and about others through the way you've served? Um, you know, that's been a it's been a fun journey because you know as a kid, I remember hearing a lot about giving, and for whatever reason that that took hold, and I've been able to to give my whole life. But serving, I don't remember being encouraged that you need to serve. And uh, Janine and I, at our our church we went to before we came here. The pastor always said, it's easy to give money, it's hard to give your time. And we still didn't give time. We, we didn't serve in the church. And at Pine Lake here, we have. And your question, how have you been blessed by it? It's, um, I'm so glad we have. Um, whether it's, it's seeing uh, kids from grade school up on confirmation and knowing, you know, you had them in the nursery or you had them when you were teaching first, first grade kindergarten Sunday school class. That's been rewarding. The other thing that's the most rewarding, I think, for me is the relationships mm-hmm. and getting to know people. Uh, six years on the leadership team, and we've had some challenging things and getting on the other side, and um, that's super rewarding. And, the, you know, there's a lot of people that I wouldn't have gotten to know without serving. So I love that. And then also uh, things we've accomplished on the leadership team or finance team, um, those things are rewarding as well. So Tony reminds us that God weaves together both our natural abilities, he talked about his day job and his finance job, our our, uh, things that we love to do, he puts them together with these divine gifts. And so Tony was able to accomplish things, to see things in the church be furthered because he said yes to serving and experienced the joy of that. And I hope the same is true for you. So let's take a look now at this passage from um, 1 Corinthians 12 that Luke read for us this morning. I'm going to dig into the whole passage. He didn't read every part of it because it was so long to read. But I'm going to kind of dig into the whole part from 12 through 27. Okay. This church that this was written to was a unique church. It wasn't Pine Lake Covenant Church. So we have to kind of think about the context. What were these Corinthian people? Who were they? Well, Corinth was a uh, wonderful, big, huge metropolis in the Roman world. In, it was in Greece, of course, but it's from Roman society. And it re- represented this cross-section of the whole Roman world. They, people there prized their social connections. They liked to be connected to the right leaders and know uh, prominent people. And in that church, the issue of spiritual gifts had become an uh, issue of power, spiritual power. It had caused some rivalries because some people thought their gifts were way more important than others, and they were more spiritual, right? Have you ever met somebody like that who thinks, I'm more spiritual because of the way I act? Well, that's what was happening in this community of Corinth. The body was out of whack They were not functioning as they should. Some were boasting about their gifts and devaluing other gifts. And Paul begins this passage here in in this verse saying, verse 12. Let me read it, verses 12 and 13. 
Just as a body, the one, we talked about our bodies, right, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. This is the way it is with Christ. When you are in Christ, you are part of one body. And he says it in verse 13, For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have been baptized by the same spirit that Tony Pound was baptized with. The source of your spiritual food and nourishment is the same Holy Spirit that nourishes me. We together are in Christ. And the life source of our whole body is the same eternal, powerful Holy Spirit that feeds us and keeps us together. One Lord, one Spirit, one body, one baptism. And yet, every part of the body, just like talking about the parts of our physical body, has a unique call to service. Now, Paul uses these funny um, examples in here, and it's supposed to make us smile and laugh a little bit, and I refer to them as crazy body talk. Crazy body talk. Because this is what he says in verses 15 to 17. The foot's going to start thinking about something and is going to say something. Oh, I'm not a hand. Oh, I'm not a hand, so I must not belong to the body. He, the I don't belong narrative that says, it's crazy. I mean, why would we say just because my knee is irritating me, it doesn't belong to the body? No, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? But, but in this passage, later it says the ear, you know, usually our ears aren't the focus of everybody's gaze, although now when we wear masks, our ears are very important, aren't they? <laughs> but when we look at a person's being, we don't see their ear, the first thing. But what if the ear says, well, I am not as vital as the eye, so I'm, I don't belong. I don't belong to the body. It's kind of it's a temptation, I think, that can come to any of us in the church. I don't have that gift, so I'm not as important. I don't belong here. I don't have anything to offer. There isn't a role for me. And as crazy as that would be in our physical bodies, it's the same in our spiritual church. This is crazy body talk to say, I don't belong. Yes, every single person belongs. In fact, the true body talk is that you matter in the church. Every one of you matter. Just as you are, you have a vital role to play in the church. God has arranged it this way. Not, not to give everybody, uh, to give people different gifts so that we together would function as a body. Because you matter. What you are bringing matters to the church. This morning we saw some of the gifts up here on, on our worship team. And they're visible gifts, right? And we're grateful for people exercising those gifts. But there are just as many gifts that are behind the scenes that are not as recognized, that are just as vital to the body because every one of us matter in the church. God's plan for us is to function in love, to, to be uh, knit together in such a way that there's a unity in our diversity. So that 
response, I don't belong, it just doesn't fly. It doesn't make any sense when you're talking about your body. It certainly doesn't make any sense when you're talking about the body of Jesus Christ, the church. You matter. Your gifts matter. And it's important to know that. Well, here's another crazy, nonsensical body talk that Paul uses in here. And if the first one was kind of self-talk, like, I don't belong, I don't have a place, this is more like a conference with all the body parts coming together, sitting around a table, you know, here's the foot, there's the eye, you know, all of these things. There's the nose. And they're having a conversation among themselves. And they're saying, one of them looks to the other and says, I don't need you. I don't need you. There's nothing about, you, you don't have anything to offer the bigger picture here. This is kind of a f- funny way of looking at it, but Paul is bringing it up in terms of when we belittle another part of another gift in the body. Let's say the eye looks down at the hand and says, well, I certainly don't need you because I can see all I need to see without without you even more absurd and he says this right here the head our head looks down at the feet and says i don't need you i don't know how it would be to walk around just a head without any feet you know i mean that's supposed to be a an absurd picture for all of us i can get along fine without you is what the eye is saying to the foot or the head to the foot We recognize this is foolish. This is just, it makes no sense whatsoever. And the same is true in the body of Christ. For those of us who follow Jesus, there is true body talk now. Is that every part is valuable and necessary. It is necessary for us to function as God has called us to do. That every single one of you know and exercise your spiritual gifts. I often have had this conversation with people. I might be in the, our Explore class, which is our, our class for newcomers to our church. And there is a sense of excitement if God calls them to be part of this church. Because their gifts are necessary for us to be what God intends us to be. So when people come into the church, it's like, well, this, may be, this must be about what God wants us to do. Because every part of the body, every part is valuable and necessary. There's no hierarchy of gifts. There's no sense of um, one is more important than the other. The Corinthians, do you know what they had elevated above everything else? The gift of tongues. They had this idea that if you could speak in tongues, a spiritual language, and do something in the church, you were way more spiritual than other people. I don't know that we do that as much in our culture, but I think in some ways we elevate certain gifts above others. Like a teaching gift or a pastoring gift, like an upfront gift. It seems like we pretend it's more vital, and it is not. Every person, every part of the body is valuable and necessary. And because we accept and depend on that kind of diversity in our physical bodies, we need to accept and celebrate it in the spiritual, in the church as well. No gift trumps any other. Even if you looked at verse 28 in this passage, it can seem like 
Paul is saying there's a hierarchy because he says God is placed in the church first of all apostles second prophets third teachers miracles etc so he kind of has a list of different gifts but I don't think it really signifies that it's more important I think it's more a, a recognition that there's a level playing field I agree with this theologian Boykin Sanders he said it this way the purpose the purpose of these gifts of this listing was to develop a level playing field a field wherein status and rank are no longer relevant in the building up of the body of Christ there is no outranking anybody there is no status one status above another we are all together in this we don't play that game as if one is more important than the other because God designed us as a unit where there's no division each part has equal value just like your liver and your spinal cord and your big toe so that we might demonstrate that we are united in the purposes of Christ and he says in this part too verse 26 if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it he designed us with equal concern for each other so that when you're having a hard day you're struggling and suffering we suffer with you when you are honored for some way we celebrate with you this is the level playing field in the body of Christ Paul ends this passage in a great way and I might just ask you to read this with me I know we're going to be not all together but let's read this aloud together but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it this is diversity without division this is equal care equal honor celebrating all the varied gifts God's given us because every part is valuable and necessary okay what does that mean for us what does that mean for you who sit here in this space or gather with us online wherever you are if you're part of a community of faith you've been given gifts that are meant to bless and serve that church and we want to be the church that lives into that sign that's out on the road that says we serve and we serve other way God's gifted us so let me just suggest a few things first of all we serve by identifying and valuing your gift um, you don't have to have a long list of them <laughs> I think sometimes and this you know they, they change I think different gifts come to the forefront at a different time but you know just like Tony talked about the things that he was good about good at and then the things that were kind of stretching him with the Holy Spirit encouraged to uh, accelerate and use your gifts matter to the mission of this church every single one of you so the, no more do we say I don't belong you do belong and you matter and you serve where you can so where's there a need uh, pastor Nancy preached a sermon a couple weeks ago say um, what needs to be done 
What needs to be done? Just show up and say yes to something. You may not, you know, maybe your gifts with children. So offer to serve in Kairos kids or serve in your kids' school or something. Do you have the gift of mercy? Is your heart just, does your heart break when you see uh, brokenness in others? If you have the gift of mercy, there's lots of ways you can exercise that gift. Our care team, Stephen Ministers, uh, uh, lots of places where mercy becomes a way to serve the whole body. Maybe you have the gift of leadership or administration, where your gifts are used to, to actually make something move forward. Use that gift in whatever way God gives you opportunity. Maybe the gift of help, helps or helping where you just like to be in the background and do the things that need to be done. Then maybe you could be a, well, we have a new facility starting, team starting, and I'd love to talk to you about that. Use your gifts. Serve where you can. Exercise those gifts to bless the full church. And then, of course, this last one is the most important. You know, don't you, that 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it's not meant for a text just for weddings right (laughs) it is talking about how to use your gifts and it says if we don't do this in love it is meaningless in fact it's irritating paul says it's like a noisy gong a clanging bell if you serve out out of self-interest or out of trying to make yourself look good if you don't serve out out of love it's it's really worthless Love is the foundation and the goal of all that we do in service. It's what Paul calls the most excellent way, the way of love. And so when we recognize our gifts and value them, when we serve where we can, we do it in love. Love for others and love for God. When we use gifts exercised in love, God's church grows. There's beauty, there's hope, there's purpose. And things happen with, through the church that would never happen in serving until we knew our gifts. I don't want to be an obnoxious, clanging gone, do you? I don't want to be a resounding or clanging symbol that people are like, get away from me, I don't want to hear that anymore. Let's use our gifts to serve in love. And whatever way God has gifted and created you, may it be something that expands the love of God in this community, out into the world, so that the church would grow and the kingdom would advance. I ask you to pray with me. Lord, we give you this our praise this day. Because we recognize there's nothing that we have that we haven't been gifted with. That every gift you give us is by grace. So we don't claim any spiritual gifts or abilities as if they're ours to hold. But they're ours to give away in love. May that be so, Lord, for each one of us. Maybe we're just discovering what our gifts are. Maybe we've never even considered it before. But may it be part of what you're doing to grow us personally and to bless the world radically. We want our whole life, our whole life song to sing out of love for you and others. 
May this, may the way we use our gifts, may this one body with many parts bring a smile to your face, God, as you see us celebrating the gifts you've given. We pray this through the, na- through the power of the Spirit. Amen.